HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Q Drinks, carbonated mixers made for your cocktail. Visit their website at qdrinks.com. That's Q, the letter, drinks.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Hey, man. Hey, Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so what are you, 59? You about to retire? Yeah, uh, I'm, I, I've already retired. That's why I'm doing this. Yeah, it's my birthday. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day here in Brooklyn, kind of overcast, but nice weather. And we've got some dudes in the studio that are here to celebrate Thanksgiving. And then they found out it was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so we got... Uh, <laughs> it's like a morning radio show. <laughs> it's the drive time. Yeah. Uh, the drinking and driving time. Exactly. So <laughs> here in the studio with us today, Jeremy Hahn, uh, who is representing Absolute Elix, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically. You don't specifically represent Elix. Specifically yes. Elix. And um, Matt Eisenman, welcome from uh, Whistlepig Whiskey. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And happy birthday, Southern. Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. So what are your plans, man? What do you do for, what do you guys do for Thanksgiving? Um, typically, for, for about a decade... I, I would say the same thing every year. I spend Thanksgiving with my granddad and a turkey, <laughs> which meant that I sat around drinking a bottle of old granddad and a bottle of wild turkey by myself. <laughs> I typically never talked to anybody or, or went anywhere. Thanksgiving is, uh, it, because the proximity to my birthday, is kind of my least favorite holidays. I would just kind of hide like away. the birthday cr- Christmas combined present. I would just kind of hide away. Um, but for the last three years, I've gone out to Long Island and hung out with our mutual friend, uh, Dale DeGroff. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to the DeGroff compound, and we'll eat turkey and sing songs, and it'll be great. Nice. What are yeah. you doing? You're not going to Oklahoma, obviously. You're still here. Uh, nope. Uh, I will have the bar open. Oh, you're going to be open? Yeah, man. I don't I don't have any real plans. I'm going to, like, I might, like, pop around to a couple of friends' places, you know, before work, and then I'm going to open the bar from 5 to 10. Just keep it, like, casual, you know, no food, just basically classics. Dude, I think that's great. Like, I think... I want to make a punch. Even though I'm closed. You, know, if <laughs> you want to borrow my bowl? Can I borrow your punch bowl? My first birthday gift was from Dave Wondrich last night. He gave me a punch bowl. <laughs> Man, can't wait for my birthday. <laughs> I think it was just an accident. I was, in, I was at an event where he was giving them to everybody. Ah. And, uh, I just took it as that. Um, but I think that's great that you're going to be open. Uh, you know, I think of bars as a places that are community-driven, and you should be there for your community. And here I am closed, though, but... <laughs> I only close for two days a year. It's Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, I mean, like last year we were closed because it was our first holiday season. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're a, we're a oyster bar, so we don't really have the the means to like cook turkey, and it doesn't really make sense for us to be open on that holiday. But you know, for drinks later on, for a little bit, like we're not gonna be open super late. It's just you know, yeah, like hanging out. I'll have the fire. I find that roaring. the late Thanksgiving is where it's at, though. That's, that's how I end up going out on Thanksgiving. It's it's I'm done with the event gonna... or whatever I'm going to. Yeah. And I don't need a drink with just people instead of yeah. that family event. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, I'm saying like five to ten, but it'll probably go later. I don't know. 
What are you guys doing? Maybe I'll swing what are you guys do for Thanksgiving? Long Island. Uh, yeah, I'm, Jim, I'm going home to Chicago. Um, You're from Chicago? Yeah. I, yeah. We've I, talked about that. Oh, okay, well. You, yeah. Was I drinking when we talked about yes. it? Yes. <laughs> I'm drinking now, too, so I'll forget it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going home to Chicago. Uh, that's I'm, I'm Jewish, so like Christmas isn't a thing. And that's like my one big excuse for like my whole family to get together. So like Thanksgiving's always really big for us. I've only missed it twice since I moved to New York 12 years ago. Um, so yeah, I didn't didn't want to miss it. Especially now that I'm not bartending anymore and I'm guaranteed that time off. I was like, well, yeah, I have to. This is like I don't. Have yeah, you got to, no no excuse. Yeah, I don't really have to make arrangements to make it happen. Yeah, I could just go. Yeah. So when are you leaving? Tomorrow? Tomorrow Busiest morning. travel yeah. day of the year. Yeah, I know. It's a little masochistic, <laughs> but yeah. Like poor planning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to give myself a little extra time to get work done here before I left. So. Which, which airport are you going out of? LaGuardia. Not terrible. No. And, not I, and I live in Brooklyn. It's close to get to. And Maddie, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, doing what I do every year. Um, Drinking. Going, oh, that's what I do every year. Uh, going down, I, like Jeremy, I'm Jewish. I have a big Jewish family. We all go to Philly uh, to my cousin's place. And we eat a lot of cheese and crackers, drink a lot of whiskey, and a lot of bickering. And then, and then we I'm curious if the bickering off. level will be up this year for any reason. So it's, oh, yeah. No, no reason at all. <laughs> this is going to be a fun Certainly some heated conversations going on over Thanksgiving tables this year. That's why I'm going to be at my bar, a judgment-free zone. <laughs> <laughs> it says it on our posters, Grand Army, a judgment-free zone. That's awesome. You know, it still says on my sign since the day after... The election, the election day results. It still says on my sign. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, <laughs> and it seems to be working. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot of political no conversations going on anymore. Mm. So if you want to, you know, politico free zone, come on in. Safe space. Safe, Safe space. space for now. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Luckily, with our family, everyone's on the same page in their thoughts. So there's not going to be so much bickering in that regard, and no one's going to be shunned from the family. <laughs> no. That's great. That's great news. This is another reason for me to not go home. I don't know that I can say, this. I don't know that I can say the same. Um, anyway, so busiest travel day of the year you're traveling, but you travel a lot for your job. Let's talk about that. I do, or at least recently. Um, so yeah, so how long have you had this gig? Since July. Okay, I'm, so I'm one of the new people. Fresh. And a rookie. Um, technically, my territory is... Uh, New York, mostly New York City, although I do service Long Island and, and upstate here and there, uh, and then also New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So um, as far as travel recently, uh, I took two trips back to back in October that had me out of the city, which is why I didn't see any of you guys for a while. Yeah. But um, they sent me to the distillery in Sweden, which was an amazing experience, um, hung out and and you know saw so much beautiful farmland and uh you know the baltic sea it's right on the water um got to see our our vintage still from 1921 um and talked to christopher asplin our master distiller and pick his brain about the whole process he's, he's been making absolute uh f for 32 years with absolute and then two years now with just doing elixir um, so, you know, getting to talk to somebody who is one of the biggest distillers on planet Earth for over three decades, it was, it was pretty cool. And, and just seeing... That's pretty powerful. Um, yeah. While you're process. breezing right across it, you know, I don't know what Elix is. I don't either. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> so <laughs> I look over at Damon for some, like... I know they've got, like, pineapples and, you know... Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. that fancy bottle. Really sweet cocaine straws, you know. <laughs> well, and all of it all of it ties in together. So and, and there's a lot of thought behind that. So basically, what makes Elix different, not just from regular Absolute, but from uh, other vodka products that are out there, um, it is entirely single estate sourced. So instead of... Um, Rest of Absolute is all from within 75 miles of the distillery, sourced from a bunch of different farmers, all from the southern state of Skåne. Yeah? I know. I'm, I'm going to butcher any Swedish pronunciations, by the way. Skåne. <laughs> but anyway, so... I'll take um, it. We, we're, they, we're not going to know if you're yeah, from yeah, the magical <laughs> land of Ikea. But so, yeah, exactly. I, I spent a lot of time mispronouncing things there. And perfect. building furniture. But so um, they only source it from the Rabalof estate which has been growing Swedish winter wheat for over 400 years. Um, they don't use irrigation in the raising of the wheat. The rain and, and weather is really that perfect for cultivating that, um, that crop. And then um, 
the water source is thought to be somewhere around a 20,000-year-old underground lake that uh, that they pump um, to the distillery in Aarhus and <laughs> the, the vintage still that I mentioned. So um, the fact that it... Every drop that goes in that bottle comes through that vintage still from 1921, which is entirely copper. And not only is the still copper, but they introduce what they call sacrificial copper into the still uh, so that there's maximum surface area contact with copper, which is just a much higher level of uh, quality distillation than steel because copper has properties that strip out sulfuric compounds during the distillation process mm-hmm. and just lead to a much uh, you know, cleaner, higher quality product coming off the still. So a lot of a lot of vodkas out there that talk about filtering and, you know, 900 times distilled, 73 times filtered through diamonds. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And it, it and it's, like, pretty unnecessary. If, if you were distilling a quality product in the first place, why would you need to strip flavors out of it afterwards? So hmm. um, it's really just a higher quality of sourcing and process than anyone is actually making. And unlike other vodkas that say handmade on the bottle, we're not going to get sued for putting that on ours. <laughs> What's a flavor difference? Like what if I had, if I was blind right now tasting so, so absolute versus absolute. More blind than you are. More yeah, blind more, than you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the horn room glasses Don't worry, it's clear. You, you, um, your colorblindness isn't going to affect the... Fine. Hey, I'm colorblind too. Hey, man. So, <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> no judgment. Just, Judgment-free zone. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're safe in the in the transit box yeah no one can hear us um except everyone on air so uh flavor wise swedish winter wheat has um one of the highest starch contents of any wheat varietal so you'll get a little bit of a natural sweetness that's similar to like a a honey wheat bread Uh, and there's also just a tremendous amount of body um, because their their water source is that uh, 20,000 year old underground lake they don't have to do reverse osmosis, which is very rare in distilling. Um, all they do is strip out a little bit of iron for, just for taste, so there's a little bit less of a mineral content in there. Um, but because of that, it retains its body really well. So uh, Elix has a really unusual mouthfeel compared to the rest of the vodka category. It's very silky and velvety, hmm. um, it, and, and it lingers on the palate, but without having any sort of like astringency or burn. Hmm. 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 Have you had it, Damon? Um, I have had it in a cocktail at Tales of the Cocktail in like a giant copper owl. Oh yeah, those owls, those superb owls. Yeah, superb owls. So, so all the <laughs> all the copper glassware and bar tools is really just to emphasize the copper distillation, mm-hmm. um, and it also you know looks insanely beautiful. So ah, there's the tie. Matter. Okay, yeah. All right, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful stuff. Yeah, Thank you. I use all copper bar tools. And I, I love it, especially when they patina. I do, too. And the reason you already brought up, and maybe Jeremy can back me up on this, of all the things that the copper that the tools are made of, silver, gunmetal, black is pretty new, gold, all that stuff, the copper one, it, I see it the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it pops. Yeah. yeah. And, Very much so. And, I mean, like, what's what's the, like, as far as French cooking goes, like they're, you're using copper pots and pans all the time, like... Because of the temperature, really? well, that's mostly yeah. Uh, yeah it's such it, a good conductor. Exactly, why it's also uh, all the wires. wires. Yeah, one hundred percent. And mostly in French kitchens, you see that in the pastry department because they need that for like um, cooking down sugars ah, and things like that. Real even, even cooking. And then the, the mixing bowls that they'll use are uh, you get a better whip on uh, cream. Like whip, whip. You get a better whip on your cream <laughs> and things like that. In fact, uh, it, it was a common practice, kind of gross, but common practice in a lot of kitchens for a while. If you didn't have a copper bowl to whip your cream in, you'd, you'd literally throw a penny in the bowl while you whipped your cream. Ah. So there's a chemical reaction that goes on there that makes better peaks. Hmm. There you go. Sacrificial yeah. copper. The more Sacrificial you know. copper. The more you know. Um, yeah, pretty cool, man. Uh, you enjoying the gig? I am. A lot. Um, good company to work for, mm-hmm. uh, Pernod Ricard. And it, it's weird. So you you said uh, just Elix, not Absolute. We're considered our own company in the U.S. because they wanted it to grow organically and not mm. be a top-down thing from either Sweden or France mm. uh, from Pernod Ricard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's actually like a very small team 
Um, and it's like working with a small brand, but with a lot of the resources behind us of a multinational corporation. Yeah, right. You know? um, but <laughs> yeah, small I mean, mom and pop. The, it, it's it's great juice and <laughs> billions of dollars. You know, very very creative, interesting people, and they they get it. You know, uh, half of my bosses are former bartenders. Um, they they make sure to gear it towards not just our industry, but they they know that, and that's kind of our role as brand ambassadors. They know that bartenders now are the tastemakers. They're the, you know, it's like being a chef. They're the ones driving where this yeah, goes. Yeah, of course. So How do you feel do you, do you, since sorry. since leaving the bar? I was about to say, do you miss bartending? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah all the time. <laughs> all the time. The, the physicality of it, um, being the one who's hosting the party, um, the creative outlet of creating new cocktails, or even just, you know, when a, when a guest will say, like, oh, I want something like this, and then... You know, the, the, the thing that I liked most about bartending was um, that it, it's very rare to have a job with immediate gratification. Truth. Someone, yeah. you, you greet someone, you're nice to them. So also, like, our interpersonal skills are, are getting used. You, uh, they ask you for something. You build it for them with your hands. You give it to them. They enjoy it. They literally consume it. They take it in. They consume it, and they give you money. And you get paid, and then you move on to the next person, and you do that over and over and over again, making people happy, making something that you're proud of with your hands, um, and and getting to interact with people and having fun while you do it. it yeah, it, it's like <laughs> I don't think I could amazing. make that jump, at least not yet. Uh, maybe when I'm yeah. maybe ten years when I'm seventy five. A few more birthdays <clears throat> from now. Maybe in ten years when I'm seventy five. So <laughs> Matt is also sitting here in the room. Sorry, we're kind of ignoring you there for a minute, but we're getting to you. <laughs> Equal time here. Um, you never bartended, right? Never bartended. It's actually funny. So the what inter- got you into? What brought you into the world of brand representation? Um, always wanted to be involved in spirits or the hospitality industry. Um, it's funny you say immediate gratification. The industry I came from before had zero immediate gratification, and a lot of I what, used what to, was that? I used to be in talent management for writers and directors in TV and film. And you yeah. wait years and years on end for anything to happen. And so a lot of us in our industry would pick up cooking because that was the only way we could get immediate gratification was when the person we're dating or someone got to taste it right there or I got to. Um, but no, I always wanted to be in hospitality. When I was young, when I was 14, my parents said to me, go to camp or get a job. And I hated camp. So I started working in kitchens as a busboy and server and then went to be a line cook. And then when I was deciding about college, I was thinking about going to CIA or Johnson & Wales. But then I realized if I don't even want to do it, then that's a, such a specific career. So I decided to go to a regular college, went to University of Wisconsin, and then went from there to L.A. I, I changed my mind a lot in things, especially when I was young. So I went to L.A. To, per- the time. to pursue being a writer. Realized I didn't want to be a writer and be alone in my room writing all day. <laughs> Would rather work with writers. Yeah. So... Jumped on board this amazing management company for TV writers and directors. If you've ever seen Entourage, I was pretty much like Lloyd um, <laughs> from these agents. And worked my way up, became manager, and then really just hated L.A. Never will like it. I'm a New Yorker through and through. Moved back to New York. Wanted to get, in, get into the uh, booze industry, especially whiskey. I grew up loving whiskey. I was that obnoxious kid who saved his money in college and while everyone was buying Jack Daniels I was looking at like let's get Talisker um, very nice uh, uh, not what I was <laughs> and so I've, I've, and I'd always love going to whiskey bars and just sitting down and talking to bartenders about all the different types of whiskey what's new what he likes or what she likes and then I was hanging out at this whiskey bar got introduced to a group of girls women who whiskey an amazing group of women who drink whiskey and throw events yep yep and they introduced me to Whistlepig. Um, got out there, met the ambassador, said, could I take you out to drinks and pick your brain on how to get into the industry? After drinks, he's like, we're hiring. You should totally apply. Um, That's it. So easy for you. Life has been handed to you on a silver platter. <laughs> now, one of, the, one of the things is it's, 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 just, it's, get, it's getting out there. And But one of the things that my background fit in with being a brand ambassador is in L.A., in that industry, the, it is solely about your connections, your network, and if you can sell or not, or if you can tell a story. You have to pitch a story every single day of your life to uh, producers who want to buy that script. So coming from that, it actually you shift very hmm. well into the ambassador role because your job is schmoozing, networking, 
getting people on your side, pitching a story, and building up a brand. I used to build up writer's brands. Now I'm building up a whiskey brand. Right, with the added bonus of being able to literally hand someone something they can consume. Exactly. That's and a big then, deal. I said that yeah. very forcefully when you mentioned it, Jeremy, but I talk about this in a lecture that I give. Like, We give people things that they then take into their body. There's a huge psychological connection to that sure. um, that people then look over at you and they think, what you just said, you made this to me, even if you just delivered it, a beer that you hand me, but you made this for me and I took it in. Now we're kind of bonded. Yeah. Like without being creepy, suddenly yeah. you're, suddenly you're inside me. <laughs> that's why I especially love. I mean, I but love, also if you're like pitching people, you're also getting in their head at the same time. So yeah, and totally. One of the things I love most, especially about whiskey, I can't speak to vodka or the gin worlds, but there is that immediate gratification. But it's also you could be the most pretentious, richest person in the world. You could be the most humble person in the world. You could be anything. The smartest person in the world. The dumbest person in the world. When someone's talking to you about whiskey and you're a fan of whiskey, you all go to the same exact level and you're like a child in a candy shop. And sure, it's so awesome to talk to any type of profession. And these guys or these people just get so excited and they throw all pretension out the door. They really want to listen to what you're saying. They taste it. They love it. It's it, That's one of the best feelings in the world. Especially when you've got like Dave Pickerel, huh. you know. <laughs> The, the guy who... Uh, right, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Up, you know? Stuff got handed to you on a silver platter. You suddenly just said, hey, how do I get into this business? And then you get to work with like the most genius distiller out there. Most prolific, most outspoken, most... That's, that's one of the biggest pleasures of this job. Uh, you're humbled by him every single day with what he's done for this industry. The amount of years he's put into it. The amount of brands he's brought up. Yeah. Master distiller for Makers for 14 years. He's now consulting on God knows how many. 40 last I checked. Four, 40. Plus, plus he, probably he, tomorrow it's 140. Plus like. he literally designs and has stills built and created. Yep. Like it's insane. He, um, and he recreated the, the still that George Washington used. When the, Washington the three was, compartment still, yeah. yeah. When he was the largest rye distiller, he got personally asked to go to Mount Vernon, create it, and make the original rye whiskey of America pretty much mm-hmm. and it, so and what's awesome about this job is well he, he also has he's one of the good people who how esteemed he is he has very little pretension and he'll talk to anyone and but when he I was talking to Jeremy about earlier when you have someone that high in the industry on speed dial and he's willing to pick up the phone for anyone mm-hmm. and just always talk and you can pick his brain for hours and yeah. he will talk for hours he does like to talk he does like to talk for hours but uh, it's really a great thing to be a part of and learn from. Uh, w- without him, I'd be so far behind in my whiskey knowledge. And you, you, you travel a little further than Jeremy. You, you said you're up here, but then you also have randomly Miami. Yeah, I got. I, how, how is that part of the life for you guys? You're you're newer to it, so you've been doing mm-hmm. it for how long? I started in March in 2014, so go three months away for a three year anniversary. Sure, uh, which is. Actually, the longest I've been with a job, I think, in my life, um, which is amazing. Uh, well, what's... that says a lot. If you, you mentioned earlier that you like to change your mind a lot, so this sounds like it's satisfying work. Oh, yeah. I, I, I realize the industry I need to be in and the role that I need to do. I love what I do every single day in my life. And But, yeah, I was originally New York and New Jersey, all of New York State. Uh, majority of focus because, man, New York City is one of the largest markets in the world. And it's such a competitive market. Majority of my time is spent in New York City. Probably at a Mori Margo. I've seen you there a few times. Um, Featured in the book Amaro by Brad Thomas Parsons. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> I was just flipping through that last night. It's my plug way. voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone was reading at the bar last night. Um, mm-hmm. But they, I recently just got tacked on Miami. Uh, well, Southern Florida, but mostly Miami because it's such a big market, but there's such similar markets. I also truthfully believe that companies like you're probably going to retire down there at some point. I'm like, all right, New York, you going down there? Yeah, I'll get used to the weather now. It's going to be good. <laughs> makes, makes sense. Get a jump on it. I did the reverse commute. <laughs> I'm from Florida. I live here. I like it here better. Right so in the interest of um, secrecy, I don't know, of fair play, we're going to drink some drinks as we always do on the show. But we're not going to talk about what they are because we can't compete with one another while we're on the air but you can't see us so up yours <laughs> i poured this it's my birthday so i poured this for everybody thank you southern thanks southern thank you thanks jeremy i poured an extra one for monster out at the bar cool that's for elijah cheers, <laughs> cheers guys cheers. cheers thanks for having us thanks for having us so glad to have you it's not over
I just wanted to get some drinking done. Yeah. <laughs> you guys also just... I got to work tonight, and it's going to be a busy, busy night. Uh, historically, the day before Thanksgiving is the... I don't know if you knew it's this. I just the, found this out. It's the busiest drinking night of the year. I just found this out Especially yesterday. Especially in New York. More than the Super Bowl? Yes. Superb Owl. Yes. The... <laughs> Superb owl, yeah, like mine. What's, yeah. What, what's, <laughs> the what's, well, then it's, everyone's then everyone's lucky that there's Thanksgiving tomorrow because the day after Super Bowl is the number one uh, day of the year where most people take off of work. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. But I have a question for you guys. You guys not being from New York, any of you. I'm from New York, and I fall in love with New York every day. You guys know this. I go on and on for hours about my love for New York and the history of New York. I know. I see your Instagram. You're constantly having uh, a breakfast or lunch literally two blocks from my house, and you never invite me to Russ and Daughters. Mm. <laughs> Russ and Daughters. Russ and Daughters, best locks in the world. literally two blocks from my house. That's my plug. Um, what do you guys think of New York in the holiday times? The lights, everything. The, like To me, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world to be in November and December. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course. We, this city goes over the top. It, it's beautiful. It's the most charming time of the year. When, when it actually snows and you can see the halos around all the street lamps and, like, it gets that hush quiet that New York never gets. Like, uh, you know, everything is, is decorated. It Like, it looks like that's what this city was built for. It is, yeah. like... Like, I Snowy days before anyone like tramples through it or the cars drive through it and right. it gets all slushy and gray. Like no, like right when the snow falls. Like yeah, I, th I think during the winter this might be the most beautiful city. Under. Like when I lived in LA and I'd be in Beverly Hills or something, and they have all the Christmas decorations. And it's like, oh, and palm trees. Palm trees yeah. <laughs> and people in yeah. shorts and a t-shirt. Well, I get it. It's ruined having, Christmas for me. Or right, having, ruined the holidays for me. Having grown up in Florida, I see how like your image of Christmas versus that reality of christmas will are pretty dis disparate things yeah but like there's no reindeer in florida <laughs> right, right. You know what i mean right huh. to me it's a lot of cows though yeah. did you know that in yeah. florida florida's the number it's inside the top three beef producing states hmm. Probably so the whole, the, we all talk about the coast but the whole middle is just flat land <laughs> yeah totally man i think to me walking around new york city in the holiday tent like it is a beautiful thing. Even like it's the it's like the time of year when I actually want to uh, brave the the craziness of like Times Square in like Midtown. In fact, uh, I've been talking with a couple of my bartenders um, about putting together a just straight straight up tourist bar crawl in like Midtown, like Times Square. We'll, we we should hit like you know like Olive Garden for like breadsticks and like go to Hard Rock Cafe like just go on a fucking bar crawl and and just be in and around Times Square just be in it just be yeah. right up in it go to Jimmy's Corner are you are you decorating Grand Army at all did you last year it was um, your first year yeah no we we you know we have a we have a fireplace that's like yes. one of the, the only like legal fireplaces I've I've seen in a bar and I, I think I've seen maybe three actual working grandfathered in fireplaces in New York City and we've got one of them red and uh, that's so a huge yeah. claim to fame that's awesome mm -hmm. it's it's super rare man and it it just vibes that place out incredibly you know oh, and, absolutely I was at uh, Clover Club last night and they have a fireplace in the corner it's, it's not a it's electric it, exactly it's not a you know real deal one but yeah. like it makes the room seem oh yeah cozy and warm and welcoming and we're all I mean, drinking get, from punch bowls yeah. and, and but you get the smell of like the burning wood and yeah. you know like it's it's incredible you know so like we we decorate. We don't go too crazy. We didn't get a tree last year, but I think we're getting a tree this year. Um, just have to figure out where to put it. But we've got lots of like garlands and things like that. So yeah, we'll have we're going to do lights this year too. And think yeah, yeah. decorating. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I have that Mister Rogers rule. So which is only sweaters. I don't do anything. We don't do anything. <laughs> I, I I went into it once on the show before. It's the long answer, but I'll give you the short version. Watched the last episode of Mr. Rogers with a bunch of friends. We were adults, and we were at a bar. We, we took over a bar in the afternoon when the show was on. When, when the show ended, do you know what he did at the end of the show, the last show ever? He did the same thing he always does. He changed his cardigan and changed his shoes, and he walked out the door. So at Amore Margo, we do the same thing we always do every day. We don't decorate for Halloween or Christmas or Thanksgiving. We just do what we do every day. So That's not depressing yeah. at all. It's not depressing. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, I feel it's very, like, I don't know. It's classy. It's, Mr. Rogers was classy. Uh, it's dignified. Yeah, he was. Dignified. That's yeah, the word. Very. Dignified. One of, the great, one of my favorite feelings ever is on a cold day um, is walking through New York City, and especially if it's snowing out, and you walk into, like, that Irish pub 
with the lights around the bar and yeah. it's dimly lit and everyone's like and you just feel that warmth coming hit you and everyone's like in their sweaters that to me is the best setting oh yeah Greenpoint yeah. Tavern over on Bedford oh, which yeah. goes crazy decorating for Fidelity every Cafe. holiday there we'll, is we'll, flag day doesn't matter yeah, well, it just it feels warm. I get it. I totally get I, it. I or a place like 21 Club. If you, if you should sure. go there on holidays. Well, I was at Pete's Tavern yesterday, and they have the, the mini lights all through the whole place, but like Dude. just thousands of them, and it feels real Lily's, cozy and warm. Old Town Bar, Finale Cafe. I mean, like, I love, you know. I love hanging out in Finale Cafe during the day, during the holiday mm-hmm. season. Soho's buzzing, you know, yeah, people that's are out great, shopping. Yeah, it's everyone's such a out good, shopping. Yeah, it's a yeah, good yeah. place to just that's waste. That's the best location the, yeah. for that, yeah. too. And it's the only thing like that down there. Anymore. And they never have music playing. All you hear is the sound of the room, mm-hmm. which is great. And you're just hanging out there talking with a bunch of old timers mm-hmm. and just like kind of wasting away the afternoon. That's like my ideal, like New York holiday season kind of like treat to myself. Just hanging out, you know, Finale Cafe or Old Town Bar, you know. I always go on like a cheesy like holiday crawl. Some one one time in December before the movies. No, <laughs> never have, never will. I, I Jeremy's the leader of it. I lived in the East Village for five years. I don't tolerate that. Yeah, um, don't, I don't play that. Yeah, no, seriously. We, we don't. We don't allow that in like Amore, the, Margo. The pukingest, most violent day of the year. I, I hated it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, but no, I, I, I'll like, I'll go to Rolf's. Oh man, is, they yeah. go crazy. <laughs> yeah, they go so, crazy with the decorations. I'll go to Rolf's. I'll, I'll go. You know, um, get some like. You know, either spiced cider or hot toddy or, or spiced hot chocolate or something like that, and uh, wander around and see all the lights on Fifth Avenue and you go to Central Park, you know, especially like I say, if it's snowing and you get, especially with all that old architecture with the bridges and everything and the, the street lights and all that. Like, I, I like to visit like old, charming New York and also like super cheesy New York too, yeah. a little bit, and just, I don't know, like get into it. See everyone ice skating or whatever. You know what? It makes everybody feel good. So yeah, who can say anything bad about that? Yeah, you know? yeah. And when we got these holiday pop-ups that happen everywhere, Miracle on Ninth Street's happening again this year. Yeah, man. San- what Santa, do they call it? Santa, Santa Sip and Surf Shack. Santa, Santa's Sip and Surf Shack over at Boilermaker. <laughs> Did you hear? I mean, getting off topic, but. Greg apparently paired up with like forty some bars all over the it's country like slash world. Yeah, there's like fifty. They're all doing this to what? To do miracle on whatever, whatever street miracle, they're on. To do miracle on ninth in fifty bars around the world. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure wow. in the country. But I think he said there's a few out of the country. So like Derek wow. Brown down in DC is doing it at, at his bars and yep. insane. Like, it, and they're all apparently they're all doing the same menu. So it's like this real. It's very mm. tied in. It's tied together. They have. They have uh, it's so fun, man. They slaughter it. And they have like cocktail. And they slaughter Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and cocktail kid made a bunch of like. Yeah. Red glassware and everything. Like they, they, they got like the Santa mugs and like punch bowls and all the stuff. And they, they even had like shot glasses and everything. Like the Carico tins and like they're like candy cane striped and shit. Like it's like <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude, it's it's gnarly. All it's right. really gnarly. Now I'm, now I'm excited for Christmas. everyone's getting into any Hanukkah tins or anything. No, uh, in Hanukkah. the back, in the back, yes, they oh, yeah. have the little corner that's called yeah. the Hanukkah nook or yeah. Hanukkah yeah. corner or something like that, yeah. and it is over the top decorated as well with menorahs. Have you and... not been? I, I, I've been. I went last year, but I don't remember every side <laughs> of that. <laughs> yes, the holiday cheer is flowing freely. Yeah, everyone's getting it. We're doing a we're doing a big pop up. We we were one of the stalls in Bryant Park right now. No way. So yeah, um, they can serve booze in we, those. No. So oh. uh, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. It's it's just <laughs> for our bar tools and glassware. The, all the copper. Oh, the all the copper stuff. So we came out with a gnome, Felix the gnome, oh, specifically for holidays. Um, copper and, as well. And fit, yeah, right. it weighs like five pounds. Our stuff is heavy, man. It's, it's made for a real gnome. The owl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's it. It's like fitting in with uh, with. You know Swedish slash Scandinavian folklore, which is where like the reindeer and and you know a lot of those traditions with the, the decorating the tree, all that actually comes from that region. So yeah, um, we wanted to celebrate that and and get in on it. So yeah, we have a, a boutique pop up in Bryant Park, and then in we, like the holiday market that's in Bryant Park. Yeah, yeah. And then we just launched an online boutique as well for all the barware and whatnot, and you know. Plugging it for for Christmas if anyone wants to get anybody like awesome bar tools or something like that as a Christmas gift for the cool. person who has everything. You know what I mean? Like some, I, I know yeah, who's like, got a copper gnome that they can drink out of. Yeah. Well, or like really awesome bar tools. You yeah. Know what I mean, sure. like um, 
yeah, I, I know I'm like notoriously hard to buy gifts for. So like, I know sometimes people like looking at So you're saying you, you want a copper gnome? Is that what you're saying? Han wants a gnome, somebody. Uh, I have ways of getting them. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, yeah, let's save them for somebody else who doesn't have constant access to all this stuff. That's the best part about being a brand ambassador. Whenever you have a friend that's really hard to buy gifts for, you just always have a bottle to give. <laughs> sure. And it's something that they can share with friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, you want nice. some big? I have like 30 of these bottles, Matt. Come on. <laughs> Awesome. It's a rough life again. Everything just given to this guy. No, and that's the thing. Like you were talking about before we started, we were talking about um, you know what is it that we actually do, um, and and, it, and you know Matt delved into a little bit as far as like you know you're schmoozing and you're educating people about the brand and you're talking to people about something you're very passionate about and this that and the other thing. Um, but it, it it really is like it's a social job and it, it's it's very odd and hard to define for people. And like, sometimes you tell people about what we do. They're like, that's not a real job, but it's like you, you are working on behalf of a brand to make sure that people know what it is and how it's made and all these things and, and how to use it and advocating on behalf of the brand in bars and with consumers doing events and all these things. It's, it's, it's very esoteric and, and it, it's very broad. Um, but in general, anytime I have a hard day, like, you know, if I'm stuck at my laptop doing expenses or doing, you know, my, my the drudgery. <laughs> yeah. The, the office work that is a part of like any real, you know, full-time job and you know, whether you're a bar manager or whether you're a CEO or whatever, uh, I just constantly remind myself, I have like a mantra <laughs> whenever I'm having like an insanely difficult day. I'm just like, I get paid to go out drinking and throw parties. I get paid to go out drinking and throw parties. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it all centers down. like, oh, yeah, today is really difficult. But, like, this is a really privileged position to be in. Yeah. Um, but where, where you get I mean, to I, actually do something you're very passionate about that's a very social thing. One of the things is I get paid to drinking and go party. But one of the things that I love the most is I have now, because the bar industry is so incredibly close and everyone becomes literally best friends with each other. I have a hundred really good friends in every part of the city, so no matter where I have... Because our, job, our jobs are very remote jobs. Um, we usually don't have offices. We work from home or we work from a bar or a coffee shop, if you're one of those people. But um, So it's great where if I'm in Brooklyn, pop into Grand Army and see Damon. If I'm in Lower uh, East Village, pop in and see Southern. I'm still working. It's still my job, but I also just get to hang out with my friends. Yeah, a lot of visits. Um Campus are the best things in the world, and but it's also our job. It's very hard to find. What I do is different than what Jeremy does. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's so much overlap. But one of the things that a lot of people don't see from our job is it's because these guys are our friends and because we love the bar community so much. It's also taking care of them, taking care of the bar community, giving as much. We have the all the resources in the world to do whatever we can to help uh, everyone out in the bar community, help their bars out, or. Anything, and that's a huge part of the job. Yeah, which I never take for granted. It's always being, it's being able to be reliable, dependable, and always supportive of the web. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and supportive of them as people as well, or their careers, and like, you know, the, the, being in this industry. And I haven't been in it quite as long as you two, but I, I was bartending for eight years, uh, or working at various capacities in bars for the last eight years, and. Um, at a certain point, like you do become very close to these people and you see like where it's grown and where, what we've built it into to, uh, you know, I remember when there were like nine cocktail bars in Manhattan and there were like three brand ambassadors and now like every brand has advocates because they've realized that this is a valuable thing. And you see, you know, people who are a little bit younger than us who are coming up in the industry and they want to see where this is going to take them. And, and they have so many avenues, but they also need a lot of guidance because these are weird jumps to make to be yeah. on the other side of this, to be on the brand side or to be on the ownership side like you are or to be, you know, there's so many avenues in which you can take this. And like, I've found that, you know, a lot of, a lot of what we do in, in developing these relationships with people is about us all, like both building where this industry goes together and helping each other get there. Well, sense. ambassadors have a unique perspective. You, you kind of see an overview, you know, I spend 45 hours a week literally behind my bar much in the same place yeah exactly and not to mention then another 15 or 20 hours a week that i'm doing admin stuff at my bar you know i'm not i don't see the world in such a scope you guys do and and one of the things i want to spot trends you can 
identify positions that are available and help people get them and yeah. the, the things psycholo- like that. Psychology of meeting people um, is extremely important. But one of the things that, like you keep saying, that it's uh, everything's easy and handed me. But no, it's I'm if just I teasing I, you. No, but it, it, like if I didn't if I didn't work in LA in that industry, I would not be prepared for this. Right. Um, it's incredibly. Well, one, a lot of people don't have the stamina to always be on. If you're the, sure, if you're the ambassador, you can never. If you're having a shitty day, stay and, home. <laughs> granted, same with bartenders. You never want to see a bartender who doesn't want to be uh, talking over good to you. But ambassadors, every your everyone in the room is focused on you at all times, and you always have to control that room. Um, you can never pass it off to someone if you're literally being the host of it, and so it's exhausting that. And then having to do. All that, and then always running around to the bars that you have to go to to uh, to support the bar's needs, then doing events, and then waking up every morning at 8 a.m. for conference calls. Mm-hmm. So it really does take a stamina, and a lot of people don't think that. They just think it is an industry where you're just going out and partying. Yeah. But, like, you, Which if, is, if, yeah, I, if I, I didn't go that. visit my friends in the bars, like, I rarely see my, my brand ambassador friends. I saw mm-hmm. Jeremy 20 times more than I see him now when he was at Seamstress. Um, and like my and that was and my home part-time. and those yeah. part time like my yeah. home personal friends, it's always it's tough to even get to them because my job is not only drinking all or going out all day during the week, but then I have events on weekends. So right. and that's yeah. when they want to go out. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think the real lesson there is like you know this is a real job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> I, I, definitely but like the one thing I underestimated going from part time brand ambassadorship while bartending to full time is like really what that word full-time means and yeah it, it's it's a very odd thing to do to wake up at eight thirty a.m to start answering emails and take phone calls and have like an office job during the day like those same o'clock. hours and then going out all night yep. and and still like you know networking and talking to people and sampling your menu items or uh you know talking about people's future menus and what plans they have and, you know, trying to schedule um, education sessions for their staff. And I mean, you're still, you are working from like the minute you wake up until the minute you go to bed. And someone, uh, someone close to me said, um, cause accountant, I, I know a bunch of people in insurance and accounting and they don't go, my accounting family, what, what's going on? Or, and they, they have a nine to five job and they leave their job when they go home. Um, our jobs and everyone around here, these are not considered jobs anymore. This just is considered life. Yeah. Um, that is, the, the, you guys are my now official family. Um, yeah. You are my brothers and sisters and everything. And this is not a job for me anymore. This is just my life. This is my lifestyle. This is yeah. my life. Yeah. Our fam. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> our fam, bro. Yeah, it's weird. I, don't, I think people on the outside don't really realize. Like, sometimes I'll tell my friend, my quote unquote civilian friends who aren't in the industry, and I'll be like, call them? if they're, if they're, if, <laughs> yeah, <Day Walker. laughs> if they're traveling, I'll be like, you know, whatever city they're going to, or even other countries, I'll be like, yeah, remind me ahead of time. And I'll like, I'll hook you up and I'll, you know, whatever bars or restaurants you want to go into. I know people in those cities and they, they don't think that we, they, they think that's weird or they think that I'm exaggerating or like, oh yeah, you know, everybody like, yeah, we do. We all yeah, go to the same conferences <laughs> like around, yeah, around the world and around, you know, the U S we just had one. In New York, uh, you know, there's down in New Orleans. Like, we, we do see each other often, and people travel for bartending competitions, and they travel for all these other things that, like, people from other cities and other countries are constantly, especially in New York, are constantly here, and you're interacting. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, if I were to ever travel anywhere around the U.S., I can just pop into somebody's bar, and I will know people there automatically. I think yeah. all of us can truthfully say and confidently say that if any of us go anywhere in the country... We don't need a trip advisor. We don't. We we will have everything planned out by everyone in that city, and we will always have someone offering whether it's a couch, whether it's a bar to eat at, um, um, recommendations and where to like, go. Like, yeah, my, my my mom who who doesn't really not, no one in my family knows my industry or exactly what I do, but my mom always tells me that it's the coolest thing for her to like if she'll if she'll go to a restaurant and be like oh you know Matt Eisenman and or just me being able to be like my mom's like. 
you're going to be stuck in this. You're going to be stuck in this city for an hour. You're going to be all right. I was like, I'm pretty sure I can figure this one out. Right. Oh, hey, let's. Where are you going tonight? Yeah. Like when everyone got trapped with the weather after tails. I yeah. I was unfortunate enough to be stuck in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, but with like 20 other bartenders and brand ambassadors. So we just like hung out in the airport together and 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 made like half a day of it before we started panicking because we couldn't get back. Right. But but you got trapped in Texas with some in with da- some bar family in Dallas and um, Travis Tober from uh, Aviation called his friends and was like I got two friends who were stuck there for literally 16 hours and they treated us better than anything I could have ever expected yeah, in my man. entire life I, I, have, I have a handful of friends that all got quote unquote stuck in DC there's a great bar scene yeah. and where a bunch of our friends work and they were like well I guess I'm taking the next day and a half off and we're just gonna go around together and yeah. you know we extended the trip a little bit take like, solace in the fact that you have no choice yeah yeah <laughs> this is happening and it's literally one of those giving communities and that's one of the reasons I never want to leave it is because what I love about bartenders is they want to be a hospital um, that's hus- the job. That's the yeah. job, and they really take it to heart. And brand ambassadors do as well. And we, we really learned that. Um, but it, it's nothing is better, in my opinion, than everyone always wanting to take care of you, or I, you wanting to take care of them. I don't so. know of any other industry that constantly talks about themselves in the words community and family, like we do. Sure. I don't know any other industry where, you know, I see people either that I haven't seen in a while or whatever or just after having interacted with them and, and had drinks or whatever you know some of, some of my accounts now that I'm with a luxury brand or, or you know different style account I didn't meet some of these people before and automatically like hugs upon meeting them all the time hugs yeah. you know yeah. not handshakes conversely uh, like, uh, yeah a little closer to the mic <laughs> sorry that's it no anyway all right. That's great, man. It is the business that we're in, and we love it, and that's why we're here doing this thing. Um, hey, man. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to wrap it up. It's towards the end here. Um, after the show, though, everybody's heading over to Grand Army, right? Yeah, man. Because it's Turkey Day. Well, it's the day before Turkey Day. It's Turkey Eve. Well, you're going to have some turkey over there. Yeah. going to hang out with our buddy Nate Dumas, making some uh, wild turkey cocktails. Me and a bunch of my bar buddies, my bar family buddies, we're actually going to be DJing tonight. <laughs> bunch of, like... Weird country music and shit. So, uh, yeah, come by. Uh, Weird country music, big beards, wild turkey. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. Hey. What's up? Can I do one plug? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next Wednesday, the 30th, you will probably find me in a giant Santa costume <laughs> handing out Whistle Big Minis at Vinyl uh, oh, with, oh, Gar- cool. with Gareth Howells. Uh, great new bar that just opened up. Massive, awesome place, but... Yeah, you um, guys were hanging out with him last night. He, yeah, texted, yeah. he was <laughs> supposed to come here. He texted me and said, how drunk can I get these guys before the show? <laughs> oh, I was like, lay yeah. into them, man. Give it to them. So yeah, that's I, a great, I, great I, spot. I, Lots I, of Elix cocktails on the menu. If you want a great whiskey cocktail, whiskey in a jar at Vinyl. Um, cool. Stop uh, fighting, boys. No, um, but you're I, both I, on the menu. That's awesome. Yeah, fight, I, I, fighting I, over our friend and his gorgeous bar. Right, I haven't been there yet, and it's just not even that far from me, but... But I am I going to try to find you. a Santa suit and give out, or a Hanukkah Harry suit. I'm selling the fence. <laughs> I think you go Hanukkah. That's, that's, Hanukkah that's your, Harry? That's yeah, your jam. Totally, but the beard. Yeah, of course. And you got the, all right, does Hanukkah Harry not have a beard? No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> know. So then no one will know. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I will be in St. Martin next week, so I'm not going to be on the show with you next week. Mm-hmm. And I haven't Good yet booked you. a, yeah, what's, it's my birthday gift to me. Yeah. That's cool. um, it's my first. I'll, uh, I'll handle it solo. Yeah, it's my first. I've done it for Let me know if you need years. recommendations yeah. for down there. Have you ever yeah, been? exactly. No, I have so many already. It's crazy. Good. Have you ever been before? I've never been. I, I used to go all the time. We'll, we'll, send it. we'll talk, talk after the show. Talk to Sam cool. and Adam. Um, but so, I, and I also speaking of next week's show, I haven't confirmed anybody yet, but I've got a few people online, so I, I don't know who's going to be on the show with you, but we'll have someone good. It's all good. So everybody needs to tune into the Damon. He's uh, he's done it without me. He's he'll be fine. Yeah, it's been old. I've been doing this for a while. And then I have one quick plug to make it my own. Um, next month, December, I haven't decided on a date yet. If you can look at my uh, social media, Creative Drunk. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Creative Drunk. Um, we're gonna be cracking open a bottle of 1909 Old Overholt whiskey and drinking it. Um, in addition, I have a bottle of 1932 and a bottle of 1940. Uh, old overall, all the same. So we're going to do a connected flight of whiskey someday. Yeah, yeah, you, you're obviously there. Someday next month. So if you want to tune into my social media, you can see when we're going to do that. But it's going to be amazing. I'm sure we'll we'll figure out a, a good time to pop those, man. I, 
It's I've been it's you know I just had to decide and pull the trigger. Like I yeah. want to drink these things, and, I, and you know, as as these guys have kind of stated, I want to drink them with people. I want to share them. So um, they've been sitting on my shelf, not because I don't want to drink them, but because I haven't had an opportunity to share them sure. yet. And I want to just crack them open, sit in my house, and drink them by myself. Right. So I have these bottles, and it's they've, they've collected enough dust. Uh, I want to want to crack them open. Cool man. So we're gonna do that next That's month. Be great. Yeah. yeah, man. It's like time traveling welcome. through whiskey. Exactly. That's exactly what we're gonna do. Whiskey time travel. Which is yeah. the best way to time travel. Awesome, man. Well, cool. I guess that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Thanks again, uh, Jeremy and Matt. Uh, it's been really great having you guys on. Yeah, really. Glad we got a group together to like hang out. We got our family together for a holiday. That's right. Show mm-hmm. and awesome. uh, yeah, and to everyone out there, uh, happy holidays to you. Please be responsible. Be good to each other. There's a lot of crazy shit going on out there these days. So raise a glass with your friends and just have a really good time with your family. Yeah. And travel safe. It's a busy travel day. Be careful. Yeah. yeah. All right? Cheers, everybody. Cheers, y'all. Thank you, guys. Thank- Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, and cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. Hi, I'm Jordan Silbert, founder and CEO of Q Drinks, and we're proud to support the speakeasy. At Q Drinks, we make spectacular carbonated mixers crafted to perfectly complement your favorite spirits. Based in Brooklyn, we're available nationally in six flavors, including Q Tonic Water for spectacular gin and tonics and Q Ginger Beer for spectacular Moscow mules. Typical carbonated mixers are made with unpronounceable ingredients by multinational corporations, sweetened beyond recognition with high fructose corn syrup, and add absolutely nothing to the drinking experience. Here at Q Drinks, we're the complete opposite. Crafted with real ingredients, carefully sourced from around the world, Q Drinks are more flavorful, less sweet, and have much more carbonation than you'll find in other mixers. The result of this fanatical attention to detail is clean, crisp, spectacular beverages that bring out the best in your favorite spirits. Using Q Drinks, it's easy to create delicious, sophisticated cocktails with just two pours. One to two ounces of your favorite spirit, three to four ounces of Q, poured over ice in a highball glass. Simple, spectacular. Q drinks. Make your drink spectacular. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. The Church of God, not Satan's bar.